Well, good morning. You get to suffer me again. For those that don't know me, I'm Chaplain Chris, official troublemaker, pot stirrer, and general ne'er-do-well. I am a Veterans Affairs Chaplain, and I uh, caused trouble there, also an Army Chaplain, so you know I am trouble. But anyway, so Pastor Jeff asked me to uh, take care of you this morning, and I, and I plan on doing so. And I will, and this time I will modulate my speaking, so I'm not so fast, and you know, I'm just excited about everything. All right, well, so we, this morning, though, we have our, you know, our announcements, and I'm always waiting for the Boy Scouts in the room and the Cub Scouts that were Cub Scouts to, you know, to uh, do the break into the, uh, you know, a terrible way to die, a terrible way to die. Come on! Never mind. All right, so we've got coming soon, Samaritan's Purse shoebox ministry. Uh, if you plan on participating, now is a good time to buy school supplies. Uh, there will be a missionary committee meeting on Tuesday, September 23rd at 7 p.m. Uh, Sunday night Bible study will resume on October 2nd at 7 p.m. here in the Fellowship Hall. Uh, Lebanon County Christian Ministries is asking for support for their homeless shelter. Uh, we can participate in one of the following ways, one of three ways. Go online to lccm.us and click on Hurdles to Housing. So you, there are the instructions here, here in the bulletin. Uh, you can give your contributions to Gene Lutz or Gloria Smith, or you can mail LCCM at the listed address here. Uh, Ken Sears' message on September 11th at 6.30 p.m. will be The Unfailing Horizon, and he'll be using the scripture reference Romans 8, 18 through 25, and they hope to see you then. Uh, we'll also be excited to host friends from Interfaith Manor in Palmview for a meal on Sunday, September 25th at 4 in the Fellowship Hall. Uh, many of the people are friends from The Table. <clears throat> That's what we were doing here, right? The Table. When are we going to do that again? We know... We need to be doing that again. Anyway, all right. Well, in order to be a success, we need, we need uh, you, our church family, to attend, socialize, assist our guests, and bring food to share as you are able. Please sign up on the bulletin board out there by September 18th with the number attending and what dishes or dish you will be providing. Uh, any questions? You can see Brenda, Janice, Donna, Joanne, or Dawn. So, any other announcements? Well, at that, then we will open up with our call to worship. Now you may stand if you're able. And uh, we are, I'm over here today because I'm over here with the orchestra and they're going to be playing for the praise and worship songs. 
We had a good time practicing yesterday.
I'm going to have to keep my tea up here. I've, last weekend, I was down with a really bad cold, and if I start coughing up here and hacking up a fit, I'm going to blow out your ears with this microphone on, I tell you what. Anyway, so we're at our time for prayer, and you're going to need prayer for me for dealing with this equipment. Put this in my pocket. I am technologically able, but just apparently this microphone's kicking my butt. All right. Any prayer requests this morning? Yes. Uh, Max has been diagnosed with bladder cancer, and on Tuesday, as far as I know now, he will be starting chemo one day a week for six weeks and radiation every day, Monday through Friday. And who is Keep that again? Keep him in your prayers. Who is that again? Max Miller. Max, okay. Thank you. Any praises? Yeah, let's keep Arvel Deppin in our prayers. He's uh, struggling right now, so he can use the prayers. What's, what's the name again? Arvel Deppin. Arvel. All right. Well, let us go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we thank you for this beautiful day that you've given us. We ask, Lord, for your continued blessings upon this church and upon this family, that you grant us all strength and wisdom and guidance for our days ahead. And Lord, I lift up Max to you, Lord, with the, with the struggles that he's dealing with, uh, with cancer, with the chemo, with the radiation and the exhaustion and all the, just the pains that go with that. I ask, Lord, that you be with him. I ask, Lord, that you be with his doctors and nurses providing for his care, but we acknowledge that your hand is far greater than any human hand, so we ask for your hand of healing upon him. We ask, Lord, you to be with Arvel, grant him all that he needs for the days ahead, that, I, that he is guided by your wisdom and by your spirit. And we pray this all in the name of him who has taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So are we going to stand or are we going to sit? Stand. Stand. We're going to rise. All right.
our script this morning is from Hebrews 13, 1 through 17. And normally I don't usually preach out of, preach uh, lectionary readings, but I am going to again today. So, uh, well, actually I do lectionary readings for uh, the, the veterans I visit in their homes because you know, I do what's, what my field service. I'm an army chaplain, so I use what, I, what I've got. So anyway, I really like this scripture today. And I really wanted to share that with you. So, uh, and, and I know that we, normally in here we use the, uh, um, the uh, NIV. Well, I know that up here that they, they've been preaching out of the um, NLT. There we go. I, I preach out of the ESV. So that's what we're going to, you know, so you're like, what's wrong with this scripture up here? It's ESV because that's my preference. So anyway, all right. Hebrews 13, let, let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember those who were in prison, as though in prison with them, and those who were mistreated, since you were also in the body. Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Keep your life free from the love of money, And be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you a word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods, which have not benefited those devoted to them. We have an altar from which those who serve the tent have no right to eat, for the body of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy places by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin are burned outside the camp. And so Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he has endured. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. Through him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do what is good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Obey your leaders and submit to them. For they are keeping watch over your souls, as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. So I don't know if you guys have noticed that the world has changed an awfully lot in the last 20 years. Of course, you'd have to be about 30 to know that, right? You know, I, you know there's a... a Give you an example, right? So as I said, I'm an army chaplain, right? And there are some of these kids that I take care of in my army unit that weren't even born when September 11th, 2001 occurred. They have never been in an America that was at peace. Man, that just blew me away. I mean, one, I began to feel a little old on that one. But the other one, it's just like, how wrong is that? Anyway, but the world's changed, right? I mean, you know, what was normal in 1999 is certainly not normal today, right? 
I mean, we have, I mean, how much, how much have we taken for granted, you know, that we took for granted back, you know, back in the, you know, in, you know, back in the 1900s? That seems like forever ago, doesn't it? That was yesterday. You know, 2000 was yesterday, wasn't it? But anyway, I mean, you know, things that we took for granted, the church took for granted, we can't take for granted anymore. I mean, we have the rise, you know, these days of the so-called progressive church. We have the rise of Christian nationalism. And you know what? There ain't nothing Christian about either one of them. Not a thing. Neither actually represent the Jesus, do not represent the God that is. But we can hardly, you know, it's hard for us to actually know these days, especially these days, what it means to be a follower of Christ. I mean, there's so much noise out there, isn't there? I mean, we got the internet, we've got podcasts, we've got all kinds of, you know, just noise coming in, telling us what to think, what to believe, right? I mean, you, you know, it's, it's, you're trying to filter through all that. But that is why it is very, very important to return always back to Scripture. To understand that, that, that what God is, what, you know, what He wants us to know, what He wants us to be. To understand who Jesus is. We need to also understand how the early Christians you know, were. I mean, they, they, they lived in the ancient world, and a world that is actually, I mean, if you're a student of history at all, You'll understand the world, the culture we live in bears an awful lot of resemblance to the ancient Roman world and their, and their ethic. There are a lot of similarities. Sure, there's a lot more people these days. Yeah, we got a lot more toys. But the culture is very, very similar. And it's like the, you know, it's like the, you know, the, you know, the, the apostles and the prophets are talking to us in this day and age because, in essence, they are. They're talking to everyone across all ages. But we can, especially in this day and age, recognize the ancient world because we're living it in our world. <coughs> now, while we, you know, the, the one major difference, though, is that the one thing that we don't have to do as Christian Americans is worry about being thrown in prison for our beliefs. We don't have to worry about being dragged out into the streets and executed, but I will say that there are places in this world where that is going on. You know, you look in China, look in Africa, these things are still going on in the world. But the danger for us then as Americans, as followers of Christ, is that away from good teaching and good doctrine, following the spirit of this world, and excusing ourselves in the process, then, of the mercy of Jesus. And this is, again, this is why I chose, you know, chose, you know, reading from Hebrews as a reminder that from the author of that book, and when I'm going to refer to to the writer of Hebrews, I'm going to refer to him as the author, because Historically, we don't know who actually penned Hebrews. It sounds an awful lot like Paul. It really does. I mean, if you've been through Paul, it sounds an awful lot like Paul, but it might not be, but we don't know. So I'm just going to refer to the, to the author of Hebrews as the author. But that author then ensured, wants to ensure that we as individual Christians... We is the church, because, you know, just because, you know, well, I believe in God, okay, great, what church do you belong to, what community do you belong to, I don't do all that, 
What does Scripture teach us about being part of church? It's kind of a mandatory thing, isn't it? Right? That we're supposed to be part of a community. So he, this, the author Zen is, is talking to us as individuals, and he's talking to us as a community. That we need to engage in, in activities and behaviors that, that honors the one who has sacrificed himself for us. That these passages are for us to reflect upon as the community God, that how we live our lives out and how we interact with one another so that we're able to present to the world what it truly means to have accepted the grace of Jesus. You know, and as the, you know, and as the, the author begins, you know, let brotherly love continue, right? You know, we, we know that there are a number of different words that the Bible uses for love, right? You know, you know, agape is usually the one that gets chucked around all the time, right? But brotherly love here is, you know, that it, the author is writing is not what he wrote. He's not agape, it's Philadelphia. Yes, the word is Philadelphia. <coughs> He's focusing our attention then is what kind of love do we need to begin with? And it's love for the church. It's love for the people right next to you, right? Even that boy back there. Yeah, I'm going to pick on my son. But we got to show love for one another because where does, our, where does love begin as the community of God? It begins here. It begins in this room. It's not this building. It's, the, it's you. Is that we have to show our love and generosity to one another. But the author continues, we need to extend that love to all that would enter into this place, Right? I mean, one of the things is that, you know, if I'm, if I'm talking to a vet or a soldier or whatnot, and they're like, well, I need to get to church. I need to find a church. And I'm like, yes, yes, you do. But let me give you some advice. If you, don't walk in, if you walk in that door and they don't treat you like a long-lost brother or sister, turn around and walk back out. If you sit down in a pew and someone says, that's my seat, then you go respond, yes, you're right, and leave the building right now. These are the kinds of things that should drive, you know, it'll drive people away. Mind you, you haven't done that, because if you had, my, me and my family would not be here. You know, you welcomed us in the first moment we walked in this door, coming from halfway across the country, and I thank you for that. You are my church family. Even though, technically speaking, I can't actually join EC Church. I'm endorsed by somebody else. So. But still, you're my church family, right? Anyway. And then he continues, though, is that you know, we need to make sure that we're taking care of those that are imprisoned. Now, mind you, in the ancient world, folks are being imprisoned because of you know, their faith and they, you know, because they believed in Jesus. And we don't have that problem in America, but how many people are imprisoned in their own homes because age caught up, can't walk, can't get out. Mind you, most of the work I do at the Veterans Affairs these days is what's called home-based primary care. And I go, vis- vis- uh, I go visit veterans in their homes. I do a field service for them, and I provide them communion because their churches won't. or can't, or they move so far away from their home churches to be closer to family, they cannot go out and start, you know, find a new church family. How many in our community here is that way, here in Palmyra? 
Are we checking on them? He tells us here, the author then, that we're not to be miserly with our resources and our time. You know, that we're, you know, I lost my place. I apologize. Hold on. All right. And then finally, he goes, you know, we might not be miserly with our time, but he also tells us to make sure that to be content with what we have. You know, we, we in America, we spend so much time trying to get money, you know, get those finances to be comfortable. Now, don't get me wrong, you know, having enough money to make sure that you can be comfortable. Yeah, I get that. I know we know what it's like to be poor. Being able to take a vacation from time to time, making sure that, you know, that all the bills are paid, that's great. But at the same time, you know, when I was deployed, there were so many of these, these men and women that you know, I was there in, you know, downrange that they were, they were playing the stock market, seeing how much money they could make and all this other stuff. And it consumed their time. It consumed their mental process. I mean, you're worrying about making money in the middle of a war zone? Really? But, it, you know, but it's that kind of thing, being, being content with what we have. I mean, Jesus even taught this. He tells us, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body or what you will put on. <coughs> Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are they not of more value than they? Or are you not more value than they? And which of you being anxious, which of you being anxious can add a single hour to the span of your life? So again, society's changed, right? Society's changed an awful lot, but the Word of God hasn't. These basic principles which have been laid out for us are universal from 2,000 years ago until today. Love God. Put your trust into Him. You know, that is, that is righteousness right there. That's what scripture, scripture teaches us is righteousness, is that you believe in God, you love God, and you put your trust into Him and to His promises. That you allow the peace of God to settle upon you and be a good witness to the world around us. But living a life that is honoring to God is a group effort. And the author here admonishes us twice about our leadership, you know, to ensure that we maintain our accountability within the body. In the first one, he goes, remember your leaders, those who spoke, a word of God, you know, spoke to you a word of God. Consider the outcomes of their way of life. Imitate their faith. He also says, obey your, obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping a watch over your souls as, as those who will have to give an account. Now, I don't know about you guys, but when I read that, my mind wanders, and it wanders to certain uh, uh, televangelists that you may see on the TV that uh, may not be leading a life worth you know, imitating I know that you might probably have a couple of those in mind, right? 
You know, or we see in, how many, how often do we see in the news that there are these leaders that, you know, get, get put in jail for any numbers of things or get charged for any numbers of things? And you're like, well, we can throw that scripture out, right? But just because there are those bad actors in the world, I want you to understand even scripture acknowledges that there will, there will always be these bad actors. I mean, Scripture tells us, beware of wolves, right, in sheep's clothing. Jesus tells us this. Paul tells us this. If this was true 2,000 years ago, what different, you know, what, what's changed today? There are always going to be those that will, you know, will put on a facade of the church to, to empty your wallets, but it doesn't mean that what is being told to us by the author is irrelevant. First and foremost, we can take a look at the lives of the apostles, right? Wouldn't you say that the apostles are leaders in the church even today? That they've left their, you know, they have left, you know, their witness, the book of Acts, you know, Paul and all that he has done. You know, the, and the, you know James and Peter and the letters and John, that the letters that they left for us. I mean, you got to think, too, about their lives. Of the 12, how many got to live to old age? One. And in that one, he was tortured and then exiled. And from what you know, his, his stories tell us, he was boiled in oil, so he was probably pretty well scarred up. I mean, he lived into his 90s. You know, probably in pain most of his life, and yet he still preached the love of Jesus. What a witness, right? We need to be modeling our lives after them, and because they modeled their lives after Jesus. Who the author is quick to remind us is that Jesus is what? He is the same as he was yesterday, as he is he will be today as he will be always. And as for our leaders today, as it was for Pastor Charles, as it is for Pastor Jeff, we need to be open for their word in our lives. I mean, you know, it's, you know commonly is that what, uh, 10% of the people take up a pastor's, you know, 90% of the pastor's time. You know, or, you know, make, and, you know, and I hear all kinds of fun, unreasonable stories on pastor's time. His job is, right, giving you a word of God, living his life in a manner that is, that is pleasing to God so that you can imitate his way of life. That, you know, he is, you know, trying to, you know, trying to corral a bun, you know, it's like herding cats. Let's be honest, what's a church like? It's like trying to herd a cat's. And you're like, well, he's not doing enough. Well, what are you doing? We are the body of Christ. You got hands, you got feet, you got voices. Help him out. Well, the pastor's not come visiting me. Would anybody from your church? Well, yes, a bunch of people from my church showed up. Well, that's good enough. We are a community. We are to work together, but don't give Jeff a hard time. And I mean, I've listened to him preach. He's got some good ideas going on. I think he's got the right focus, but it's going to require you, us, 
to back him up. We shouldn't be making their lives difficult, and I dare say, if you are calling him at 2 a.m., it better be a good reason. Better be a good reason. I mean, even then, if you're in an emergency room, guess what? Hospitals have chaplains. That's what we're there for. Let us take care of you in the hospital, and let your pastor have a good night rest, and he can come in the morning. You know, you may be thinking, well, Chaplain Chris, why should we do all that? That sounds like work. I mean, we pay Pastor Jeff's salary. He's at our beck and call. He's got to do what we tell him. And liberals, liberals are so icky. Why would I be generous with anybody outside these doors? Ew. Well, I'm going to tell you, or more, or more correctly, the author of Hebrews is going to tell you, by focusing our attention on the reason for why we do what we are called to do. And that reason, first, last, and always, is Jesus. Verse 12, so Jesus also suffered outside the gates in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. Through him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good. And to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. I had a veteran stop in my office the other day. He began to complain that even though he had given himself over to God, that God had not seen fit to find him a job, to get him a wife, He complained that it wasn't fair. Well, you know what? I was like, you're right. It's not fair. Life isn't fair. God isn't fair. Because if God was fair, we would be all on our way to hell right now. God isn't fair. He has chosen instead to send Jesus to us so that we could be saved, that our sins will not condemn us. God isn't fair. Quite honestly, I don't want God to be fair. I know what I've done in my life, and I know I do not deserve His mercy. But then I'm pretty sure the rest of you have had things in your own lives that you know that you do not deserve God's mercy, and yet He gave it. God isn't fair. He sent His only Son. 
He sent his only son to earth so that he could die in order to cleanse us of our sins, sanctifying us, purifying us, so that we may be in the presence of God forever. And as the, as the writer of Amazing Grace wrote, it's one of my favorite verses here in the Amazing Grace, when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, 10,000 years past resurrection day, what will any of this mean? What will any of your struggles mean? Any of your trials mean 10,000 years past resurrection day? Would you even remember today 10,000 years past resurrection day when you have lived thousands of lifetimes already? <clears throat> so yes, the world has changed. The world has been changing, and it's been changing at a breakneck speed. But so what? So what? I mean, if, we, if, if I die tomorrow or Jesus comes back tomorrow, does that change how I've had to live my life today? In service to him? But it, you know, it doesn't change that how I am a, as a follower of Jesus who takes it as it comes despite a world hostile, generally hostile to the faith I represent. And I will still, I mean, I don't, and, you know, and even if the world begins to burn around us and then, you know, and I get dragged out in the street because I'm a, you know, a chaplain, because I'm a pastor, okay, so be it. But as long, you know, but I will still love the church. I will still love my neighbors without thought to their social, political, or religious backgrounds as long as I do not compromise. Do not compromise on what Jesus has already taught me. And I admonish you then to do the same. To love, to love your neighbor. You know what's the greatest commandment? To love the Lord your God, right? And the second one's line, get to love your neighbor as yourself. And I would expand upon that because I think I can within Scripture. To love your neighbor in the way that God has already loved us first. Amen. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord, for the words that you have given us through your apostles. I thank you, Lord, that, that you came among us, that you walked among us, that you sacrificed yourself for us so that we may be in your presence forever. But until the day, Lord, that you call us home, help us to continue firmly in, your, in, in, in the faith that you have shown us and to the, into the works and the activities that you have shown us to do. Help us, Lord, to be a good witness to the world around us to show love to those that, that do not deserve our love because we do not deserve your love, but you love us anyway. So help us, Lord, grant to us your spirit of love to show it within this church and to show it to this community around us. And help us, Lord, with that strength to do it when things get hard. And I pray this in your most wonderful name, in the name of Jesus, amen.
let us close in prayer. Lord our God, we thank you for your word and spirit, through which we know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. May those who confess your name today never cease to wonder at what you've done for them. Help them to continue firmly in the faith, to bear witness to your love, and let the Holy Spirit shape their lives. Take them, good shepherd, into your care, that they may loyally endure opposition they may face as they serve you. And may we, with all your children, live together in the joy and the power of your Holy Spirit. And may the peace of God, which is beyond all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Oh, it was just a bulletin. All good.